Are you setting habits that are helping you to become a more effective leader? And if you are, are those habits leading to the kinds of actions that will help you, your organization, and the people around you be more effective? If that's a struggle for you, like it often is for me, stick around. Today's show is all about the best way to make new habits reality. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 217. Produced by Innovate Learning. Maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. Leaders aren't born, they're made. And this weekly show will give you access to the best thinkers, resources, and actions to develop your leadership skills. And one of those actions that is a part of all of our days and weeks and months is what habits we are putting into practice, either good habits or maybe even poor habits, and how do we think strategically about creating the kinds of habits that are going to help us to be more effective in our leadership roles. And we've talked about habits on the show before um, broadly, but today I'm really thrilled to be able to bring a guest to you that has a expertise in helping leaders to create the right habits and also is in the trenches in leadership as well in leading an organization. And that person is Kendra Kinnison. Kendra helps people and businesses achieve excellence by developing their habits. She believes that there's a unique recipe that will allow you to live and lead at your best, and she helps her clients to find it. And she says that leadership is what our world needs most and believes that leaders can choose to be excellent, and habits are one of the things that can help us to do just that. Kendra, I'm so glad to get connected with you. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Dave. And I love your introductory line about leaders are made, not born. I believe in that wholeheartedly. So I love what you're doing. Oh, thank you for saying that. It tends to be one of the early debates in graduate level leadership courses is are leaders born or are they made? And I've just always been of the belief and have lots of evidence to support that leadership uh, is absolutely a learned skill. And even for people who do some things more naturally than others, uh, there's a lot of other things that all of us really do need to learn to be effective leaders. And and that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm so glad to talk to you today, because uh, I was interested in learning more about your background, Kendra, that um, you have taken on this great place of coaching leaders and, and helping leaders to develop habits. And in addition to that, you also are in a leadership role yourself as a general manager. And I was wondering, before we got into talking about habits, if you could just tell us a little bit about um, those two different places that you're in and and how it just is part of your career and where you're coming from. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so for probably the last decade, the two tracks of my life, um, well, for, for say eight, eight years ago, the two tracks of my life were separate. I kind of had my my personal development and my personal study that I did, you know, on my own time and, and it felt quite separate. And then my my corporate executive role and eventually this this GM role, you know, very much focused on that. And then uh, as the the app evolved, an app that I was using personally, Lyft, evolved into Coach.me and added a coaching function. That's when the two sort of began to to work together. And now I, I wish I could tell you I planned it 
but they work together so amazingly well. You know, I lead an organization of about 250 people at our peak in the summer, a leadership team of 25 to 30 people, which is a a good group, a a fun group, but, you know, still only 25 or 30 perspectives that I can have at a given time. And through the coaching, I'm really able to tap into triple that at any given time and sense the trends and things that, that other leaders are struggling with. And so the two marry very, very well. I think I'm a much better uh, leader at the hotel because of the coaching. And I, I think I'm a, I'm a or certainly the extent that I can coach and, and that folks find use in, in what I have to offer is because of the experiences I've had in, in leadership, you know, day to day. So the two really do work, work well and make for full days. I certainly don't, don't ever coach on having a social life. Um, but anything <laughs> short of that, hopefully I've got some, some value there. Well, it's just really cool what you've put together and how you're leading your own organization and also helping lead others. And, and that actually leads me into one of my first questions is before we get any, even into talking more about habits and what we can do to be more strategic about about habit setting and 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 what maybe things we shouldn't be doing. You do work with a lot of leaders, and so you're a leader yourself. You talk with a lot of leaders on habits. I'm kind of wondering what are the kinds of things that you're hearing about right now that are trends you're noticing or things that you're hearing that leaders are struggling with today. Well, I think I put them in in buckets, and I think there's two or three, maybe four, where folks tend to get stuck. And I think the, the first one is that basic self-effectiveness and self-awareness. And it could be even in a, in a technical role. It could be even before they're a leader, but maybe they're aspiring to be a leader. You've just got to get your personal ducks in a row. You know, if you can't lead yourself first, you're going to have a hard time getting a leadership role or succeeding if, for example, you start your own company and, and have one from day one. Um, so I think the first step is to leave ourselves effectively. Um, certainly there's a number of, of producti- productivity systems that can relate to that, but I think it's also an awareness level of knowing our strengths, um, acknowledging our weaknesses, at least at a base level, knowing where we tend to get ourselves in trouble. So I think that's the first bridge that we all have to cross uh, on this leadership journey, if you will. I think the second step is, building our, our empathy muscle. I think you honestly have to care about people to be an effective leader. You can't, you know, you really can't dial it in. It, it's too obvious um, and you, you just won't be effective. So I think you've got to figure out how to get to know those that you're leading in a way that you can honestly care about them. You don't, don't have to love or agree with every single person that's on your, on your team uh, but at a base level, I think you have to care about them and you have to want them to succeed and, and take responsibility, some level of responsibility for setting them up for success. So the step one is is know, know thyself, so to speak. And I think step two would be know thy team and, and care about them, uh, you know, in a way that, that empowers you to lead. And then the third thing, if you've done that, stress, you know, as you move up, in an organization, as your company gets bigger, whatever it might be, I think stress derails so many of us. We just, we, we make poor decisions if we're not taking care of ourselves or acknowledging what we don't know. Um, we're afraid to look stupid. Maybe we've, we've got our, our first leadership role and we're afraid 
we're afraid to ask questions because we think we should already know this. It's uh, a tough time. So I think many of the people that I coach are at that stage. They're just very, very overwhelmed. They, they feel like they're taking too much from their family or if they're spending time with their family, they're not giving enough time to their work. Um, and we've just got to figure out how to get all those things aligned so that they can, can be functional in all the key areas. Yeah, and I resonate with that too, because I've certainly been at that place before. And I think most people who've led and even even almost any professional role have been in that place where we're just overwhelmed with stress. And I, I sort of like to think like, what are the what are the ways as leaders that we can figure out how to be a little more proactive before we get to that point? And, and to your point on self-awareness at the very beginning, what are some of the things when you're working with people or when you're coaching people, what are some of the things that you do or you've even seen people do where you can recognize or help people recognize um, when they're at the point when things aren't working? Like how do we start to develop that kind of self-awareness? Well, I think we have to work on humility first um, and, and being being comfortable not being perfect and realize that, that that really isn't the standard that, that others expect of us. So I think it starts, it starts with just being okay with not being perfect and being able to let others know that we're, that we're not being perfect. And so what that means is acknowledging it and asking for feedback or asking for clarification. Usually it's just the conversation. Are we really having meaningful conversations with those around us? Are we being honest with them and letting them see to a reasonable level what we're, what we're struggling with? Do we have a, whether you use the term a mastermind group or an accountability group, you know, do you have a set of, of peers, you know, somebody you're not married to and somebody you don't work with that you can be completely honest with that will give you, give you feedback and, and really developing that personal infrastructure, I think can go a long way. Cool. Well, that's great advice for us. And, and speaking of advice, one of the uh, concepts that I saw that you had either written about, or we had exchanged email was a concept called tiny habits. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit more about that as far as just a, just strategy, as far as putting together habits. I, I wasn't familiar with the concept, or at least not that I know of. Um, maybe you could tell us a little more about that as far as what are some of the, the ways we start thinking about habits. Yeah, I love this one. I think it's perhaps this is perhaps one of the best techniques I've ever learned. And it comes from BJ Fogg, who's a researcher at Stanford. And I'll, I'll describe it through the very first habit that I ever intentionally built. And that was flossing. Flossing silly, as in flossing I, your teeth? Flossing my teeth, and okay. I, I promise it, it'll get back to leadership. Um, <laughs> Fair but, enough. But if you start with flossing just one tooth, if you commit every day, I'm literally going to floss one tooth, that, there's tremendous power in that, and I dare anybody to try it. You know, if you're, if you're not flossing now, uh, commit to flossing one tooth. Think about when you can commit to doing that. So for me, it was when I took my contacts out at night, you know, keep floss right there, and I realized very quickly that nobody, nobody stops at one tooth, right? Or, or certainly, you know, 95 out of 100 nights, we're not going to do that. But there's something powerful about giving, giving ourselves permission to do that and still counting it as a win. So we still get to celebrate, woohoo, I did, I did the goal, I achieved the goal for today, even if it's tiny, 
Um, and to this day, I still keep that as kind of my minimum habit. I don't think I've actually done that in, in years, um, but that's still kind of my, my standard. And it just lowers that mental bar that we have to get over. And so I think, and I love to practice with flossing because it's such a safe, such a safe habit to practice with. And you, you can kind of realize, oh my goodness, this actually works. Um, but the same technique can work for writing. You know, if you're, if you're having trouble writing a book, commit to writing 100 words a day or writing one sentence a day. It sounds completely silly, but, but few of us could say, oh, I don't have time to write one sentence, right? I mean, you always have time for that. And then amazingly, when we sit down and we commit to writing that one sentence, more, more flows out. It just makes that initial hurdle so much smaller that our, our mental resistance doesn't kick in. It almost tricks our tricks our resistance into not paying attention because the goal isn't isn't big enough. I think it can work with conversations. You know, we're scared to we're scared to speak up in a meeting. Commit to asking just one question. Um, you can you can apply it to just about anything that is intimidating or scary or you're just not even sure how to begin. Just think about what's the, the absolute tiniest step you can take forward and then commit to taking taking that step every day or you know, every time that opportunity presents itself. Well, I can certainly relate to this because I think my tendency, well, I shouldn't say I think, I know my tendency is to think big on things and set the really stretch goal. And and I, I've certainly noticed, Kendra, that when I do that more often than not, I really find it hard to get started. And when I've done the smaller habits or goals, that tends to be a much easier success to have. And I, but I, I'm not sure I'm like everyone. And I, I'm curious, like, how does this show up with people that you're talking with and, and what are the kinds of things you hear people say? And then how do you reframe that into maybe more of that tiny habit concept? You know, it can be anything. So it can be folks that want to exercise. You know, we start with walking to the end of the driveway. It can be folks that want to meditate. We start with one minute. It can be folks that want to practice gratitude. There's an app called Grateful. You write one sentence a day. You know, I, I think any scenario you can throw out, we could think of what's the, the tiny habits approach to that. And so usually when folks join me in, in coaching, and it's almost all chat-based through the Coach.me platform, which is, I think, really the only way that I'm able to balance, uh, balance the two roles. I don't think this would have been possible without that platform existing. So I'm, I'm super thankful for that. Uh, but it's, it's almost always chat-based. And so we're messaging, you know, back and forth on a, a typically a daily or every other day pattern. And so when a, a client shares or, or we go through kind of the initial process of, of getting acquainted and they share where they're stuck, very often I'll recommend, you know, just taking a tiny step for a week, committing to, to take that step every day for a week and, and sometimes we continue on that and we layer on additional habits. You know, if they're working on a morning routine, we'll, we'll pick one tiny habit and go with it for a week. And then the next week we'll do a little bit more of the first habit and layer on a, a second tiny habit, whatever it might, it might be. So definitely use this technique quite a bit. And I'd, I'd recommend anyone use it when you're feeling stuck. So the, uh, the strategy is to really find just that, that minimum Maybe minimum is not the right word, but just that first step, that thing that you know you can do. And um, I, I, I know I've fallen in this trap, Kendra, and, and you can tell me if this is typical or not, but I, I have sort of, 
I think I've been under the false assumption for a lot of my life and career that I don't necessarily need the sense of satisfaction of having achieved the goal or of having checked the box off the list that I don't I don't need that because I'm better than needing that, <laughs> I guess is my belief around that. And it's so not true. I I yeah. there's a huge difference for me at the end of a day of having made um like a tiny dent in this broader gigantic thing and having been able to firmly achieve one thing that I could clearly do that day and being able to end the day feeling like I've had a sense of accomplishment. I, and I, I just, I, I've stopped trying to kid myself anymore. Is, is that, do other people run into that trap too? Uh, a little bit. I think momentum is powerful. So we talk a lot about how do we build, how do we build momentum and consistency is so much more valuable than streaks, right? So I'd rather, I'd rather somebody commit to one sentence a day for a month or a week than, oh, I'm going to write all day on Saturday. Um, because it just, it just doesn't happen that way. Few of us lead lives that where things don't, don't pop up. You know, we've got kids, we're, we're running companies or leading teams, uh, whatever it might be. And the consistency is such a powerful muscle that if we'll, we'll just trust that it works and, and give it a week. Literally, I think, I think we could, could convince just about anyone that that, that consistent fuel is so much more powerful than the sprint. Yeah, I had uh, my guitar instructor on the show a couple of months ago. And one of the things that he's taught me is you're way better off spending five minutes a day practicing than spending an hour on a Saturday because of exactly what you just said of, of getting that sense of consistency going forward and that consistent learning. And, and so I'm, I'm wondering for those of us who are thinking about, okay, I need to make a shift in something. And I, I actually like what you, you mentioned earlier around empathy, because that's one of those things that's just like, I think if we think about something very broad, like empathy and how do I care about people? Well, it, that's just one of those things that can get so overwhelming. Like, where do I even start? Like, I'm just, I'm, you know, maybe some of us tell ourselves we're not an empathetic person or we don't care as much as we should. That's the kind of thing that can get just too overwhelming for us. Uh, I'm wondering what advice you have for people when they're thinking about something like that of what's the, what's the right way to articulate a new habit and to really then follow through on it? Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of one-on-ones. So if you lead a team, I believe one of the single most important things we can do is meet individually with our team members and again, have a meeting be focused all on them. Uh, and certainly it fits into the, the company perspective, but really it's about helping them succeed. And that can be an intimidating thing to start, particularly if you, if you have a large team or there's tension in your organization or, or whatever it might be. And so often I'll encourage people to get started with just a, a question or um, taking somebody to lunch or going for a walk. You know, now, a handful of us go for a walk several times a day around our our property, and that's become a great a great habit uh, for us to get to know each other and to, to get some exercise. So I, I think about the different interactions. It can be you know committing to asking asking one meaningful question. You know, um, what are you excited about outside of work? Um, what are your kids up to? What do you want to do? You know, what's your what's your your dream? What excites you about being here? What's your favorite part of work? Uh, which projects do you like best? Those, those sorts of things. So it can really be just committing to ask 
ask meaningful questions or interact with one team member a day. I think something along those lines could be helpful. And I noticed that all of those things you mentioned are measurable. I can, at the end of the day, look back and like, okay, I did that today versus versus something more general like, okay, I was a caring person today, yes or no. <laughs> That's just such a hard yeah, thing I think, to... I think we've got to break it down into the behaviors. Yeah, exactly. What, is, what, exactly. Is, what does caring look like, right? And what does that, what does that mean? Right, right. And it's so many of the things, I'm sure you've seen this as well too in your career, so many of the things that we're working to develop to get better at really do come down to the behaviors and actions we take each day. And so if we frame our habit around that behavior, that action, and make it something that we can absolutely achieve, then all of a sudden we become that kind of person that we're trying to be. And this is part of why I'm so firm with you in the belief that, that we make ourselves. Because if, if you ask a caring question every day for a week or two, you will become a caring person, whether you wanted to be or not. Uh, yeah. it, just, it just happens. Uh, I, so I, I absolutely believe that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I've, I'm like you. I'm so much of the belief that we can, we can absolutely learn these things. All the things we talk about in the show, the conversation today, all these are learnable skills. Yeah, some people do them more naturally than others, but you know the things that some people do more naturally, they struggle in other areas that are harder for us. All of us can get better at these things if we take the intentional time to do it. And uh, and that actually makes me wonder too. Also, as one of the reasons folks hire you is, of course, to to stay accountable and to keep that going and so that it is sustainable. Uh, what are the things you see, Kendra, when you're coaching people? And by the way, it's fascinating to me that you do that over messaging online. I just think it's so cool that the technology allows that today. Um, what are the kinds of things that that tend to have people fall off the wagon, that get in people's ways? That and And then what maybe do you do that helps people to get back on the wagon then? Yeah, great question. So the most of the things that help us that that take us off the wagon are actually really good things. So there's things like traveling, taking vacations, going to conferences, really spending awesome amounts of time with our kids and parenting well, launching new products, you know, anything that takes us out of the daily rhythm, you know, or disrupts our morning and evening routines can can throw us sort of out of whack happens all the time. It's, it's very natural. And, and I actually coach people on practicing how to restart because I think that that's actually a skill in and of itself is, is saying, okay, I know I'm going to travel or I know I'm going to go to a conference. Those, that's a good thing, uh, but it's going to disrupt my habits. So I need to plan when I'm going to, when I'm going to come back on uh, the track. And so we just work on, uh-huh. on picking a date of when we're going to restart. Again, usually it's a morning routine or an evening routine or a particular daily or weekly rhythm that we've established. Uh, We pick a date. Um, Sometimes we'll take the scope down. So uh, let's say we've been meditating for for 20 minutes, but you go on a week vacation. The first day you come back, meditating for 20 minutes is going to feel like a lifetime. So maybe we'll do five or 10 uh, and work our way up still relatively quickly, you know, maybe by the end of the week, you'll be back at 20, but we're going to acknowledge the, the restart and try to make that, that re-entry as smooth as possible. So it's really just being, being intentional, acknowledging the disruption, even though it's a, a very positive thing, uh, acknowledging it, setting the date and committing to what those first steps will be. I love what you said about the fact that a lot of times it's the positive things that pull us away from the habits and thinking about it from that lens. Cause I think that 
I'm going to only speak for myself here. I don't know if other people struggle with this too, but when I get to the end of the day or the end of the week and there's things that I haven't done, I often will start from that negative perspective of like, oh, I'm just not, I don't have the willpower or I wasn't responsible enough this week to get this thing done or, you know, all those, all that negative self-talk that I, I know I do and I know probably other people do too. And I really like the way you frame it as probably the reason you didn't do that. Yeah, there are times that you were lazy or whatever, but probably a lot of the times there's actually really good things going on in your life and in your career that were perfectly reasonable and in fact, good things that you did and didn't do that for whatever reason. And I, 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 just, I just like that way you frame that. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that's mostly true. I mean, certainly we all have off periods. I mean, getting sick could disrupt it too. Yeah. Um, but I, I think more often than not, it's the good things that throw us off. And so I see, I see restarting as just a natural a skill as continuing the, the routine. Hmm. Um, I think that, that um, just another tool to add to the, to the arsenal. Yeah, and that's cool that you think about that with clients in advance of, okay, you know, we've got this big trip or this big launch coming up how do we acknowledge the fact that you're not going to do this for a week or two or whatever, and then think about how do you restart, but also get back to that place fairly quickly. Very, very cool strategy around that. I'm, I'm definitely going to definitely gonna think about that and use that. So speaking of which, the one of the things that uh, I've, I've used and one of the reasons we got connected originally is we had uh, the um, founder of Coach.me on the show a couple of years ago, Tony Stubblebein, and he originally talked about habits and the platforms evolved since then. And I was wondering if you could say a little bit about just the work you do at Coach.me and how it works and maybe even how people could connect with you if they're if they're thinking this is something they'd like to get better at or develop better habits in their work on a daily basis. Sure. I'm in love with this app. I've often said that, that many, many years ago, I had a dream of what the, sort of the perfect life support tool would be. And, and this team developed it and has, has only made it better. So I'm an a- absolute fangirl um, of, of Coach.me and of all the, the team members. They are just off the charts good. So at its core, you don't even really have to use the coaching. It is a habit tracker. And so the way I use it is I have a morning routine and an evening routine. And so I sequence my my habits, the things that I want to do. And again, I've got a, my own standard is, is a minimum one. And so each morning, you know, as I complete those, I log in and there's an app on my phone for personal use. I use the, the phone app and I just check off that I've completed each of those things. So, you know, mine is reading my Bible plan, meditating, reviewing my goals and setting priorities for my day and sleeping seven to eight hours. Um, that's kind of my key own oh, exercise, my key morning criteria. And right now I don't, I don't exercise a ton in the morning. I have a, a minimum, a minimum effort. I've switched up my schedule a little bit. Uh, and then in the evening it's writing one sentence about being grateful and flossing. Those are my, my keys um, there. So at its core, I absolutely recommend the app for just setting those out, you know, being very intentional about those personal habits that keep you, keep you healthy, keep you able to make good decisions, keep you able to be a good parent, all those sorts of things. So at, at the first level, I would highly recommend everybody use that. Just go to coach.me, um, download it for whatever platform you're using and, and get plugged in. And then if you want to take it further, if there are habits that you want support with, so let's say you do want to um, meditate. Tremendous um, benefit for leaders 
Uh, I, I call it stress inoculation. So if you do, if you do want to learn that, there are, you click on, on that goal and you can see all of the different coaches that coach medita- meditation. You can kind of see the way they describe their, um, their approach to, to coaching and you can pick one and get signed up uh, right through the app. Super useful, very affordable, I think makes coaching so accessible in, in things where we never could have found uh, folks that could teach us before. And one of the things I think is so cool is that many of the folks that are coaching still have a beginner's mindset. And so they're able to coach from that first step of the journey. They're not so far down the road that they don't remember what it was like to get started. And so I think um, most of the coaches, you know, in those habits are very, very effective. Uh, And so if there are things that you want to do, absolutely recommend, you know, flipping through there and finding a coach that their their story sounds like it, it resonates with you. You could read testimonials. You know, there's all sorts of ways. It's, it's really democratized um, finding a teacher, which I think is, is super cool. Um, I focus on coaching leaders. So I do have a set of habits that I that I coach, but the probably the, the most the one that had the most people in is, is become an amazing leader. And that's not really a habit. That's really a, a journey, so to speak. And so I work with each person uh, individually, certainly there are some common common frameworks and exercises uh, and just approaches that, that I've seen work with different people, but it's, it's very much a customized journey about understanding where someone is and, and where they want to go and, and how can I help them get there. Uh, so many different ways to use uh, Coach.me and, and it's, uh, it's something I'm, I'm, I'm very fond of these days. And, and really, if there are other other folks that are exec- executives or leaders that want to find a way to give back, uh, I think this is a great way to do it. It takes a lot of the fuss or the the work, the infrastructure work of, of being, you know, a full-time coach and allows us to do it in just, a, you know, a few hours a day and, and benefit folks that, that maybe are, are behind us in the journey or offer offer something useful to our peers and then gain that additional perspective from other people. So lots of uses. Yeah, and the platform's evolved so much since Tony was on the show uh, two years ago. It's really cool to see what's happened with it. And I, I was just thinking back as you were speaking to my conversation on the show here with Marshall Goldsmith uh, earlier this year, who's one of the top executive coaches, as you know, Kendra. And he, uh, one of the things he challenged all of us to do is you know, to sit down at the end of the day and at the end of the week and really write down where you where you stack up as far as the things that are important to you and record that somewhere and coach I, I've used a couple of apps over the last few years uh, and coach.me is one of them to track habits and it really is powerful when you track and actually have something and it's really easy to do on on, on these systems is to really track what's important to you and and just as you and I are talking about this Kendra I'm just looking at one of mine right now that I have on my list which is maintain patience with our kids. That's something every night I, I look at that and I say, okay, did I maintain patience with our kids today? And the way that I've framed that over the last couple months since that's been on my app is, um, did I do that 100% of the time? Like if I lost my patience with one of our children at some point during the day, I don't get my check mark. And, I'm, and as, after our conversation today, I'm thinking like, I actually need to probably, that's a really high bar to hit every single day. And I don't check this off often as a result of that. I also I almost think like maybe I should be shooting for more of that tiny habit concept of rather than what I'm not 
what I'm not doing is focus on having a real quality, positive interaction where I'm very patient and very present with our kids and, and tracking that instead of, instead of the higher bar. So you've gotten yeah. me, you've gotten me thinking new ways here already yeah. too, which is cool. So, so maybe reword that is choose patience. So it's just one instance, you know, oh, in, in nice. one interaction, like did you choose patience where you could have chosen something different? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Cause that's, that would get around my problem where I get to the end of the day and there are times that I've really chosen patience in some situations, but then there was one time that I didn't and I'm like, oh darn, I don't get the check mark, even though I work so hard today. <laughs> and so uh, that's that's a great way to articulate it. I'm going to actually change that tonight when I start tracking that. Kendra, I really appreciate your perspective on this, the practical resources you bring and, and, and then just the work you're doing in your own leadership as well. Uh, for those who want to connect with you personally, I know you have your own website set up uh, What's the best way for folks to track you down? That's probably it. KendraKennison.com altogether. Uh, you can find anything you'd like. If you want to find me uh, directly on coach.me, it's just coach.me slash Kendra. Uh, but you can you can get there from my, my website as well. Kendra, thanks so, so much for your wisdom, uh, your coaching of me <laughs> a little bit, and also uh, just, just helping us think about how we can make progress and take action in the things that are important to all of us. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks so much for giving me this opportunity. So I just went into my app here and I changed my previous habit to made one choice to be patient with our kids today. That's a much better one. And already I'm excited about, uh, making that my goal today. You know, it's so easy sometimes when we think about doing things differently to try and aim for perfection instead of aiming for the next step. So thanks, Kendra, for giving me that perspective. And I hope that she provided that perspective to you as well. And if you have uh, more you'd like to hear or comments and questions on today's show, hope you go over to coachingforleaders.com slash 217. That's where you'll find the notes for the show. And uh, as always, open to your comments, questions, or feedback. You can do that at coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. And the next Q&A show is going to be coming up on episode 221. So any question you have under the topic of leadership and uh, particularly under the topic of today's show, feel free to send that in and we will tackle that at the end of the month. And if you're the beginning of next month, I should say, and uh, if you're looking for more help with setting good habits, uh, Kendra would be a great resource for you too. So check out the information of her. That'll all be on the show notes as well. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, please do so. You'll get new episodes every single Monday. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever app you're listening to the show on. And I do hope that before you uh, go, you will take a moment to find the show online and to subscribe to the weekly leadership guide. It is delivered to your inbox every Wednesday and includes my thoughts and recommendations on the best articles, podcasts, videos, books, other resources that will help support you between the show. And this coming Wednesday, like every Wednesday, it also includes a link to the show notes. And so all of the things Kendra mentioned and resources will be online there as well. So if you listen while you're on the go, like I do, it will be a great way for you to follow up on the actions that you want to take, that next step that will help you 
this week and every week in becoming more effective as a leader. And as a bonus, when you join the weekly leadership guide, you'll get instant access to my reader's guide that lists the 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others and summaries for me on the value of each of those books. And one of those books came up as a topic of conversation in the Coaching for Leaders Mastermind recently. It was The Five Dysfunctions of a Team by Patrick Lincioni, a great book. I strongly recommend that one. There's nine others on that list too. Download the 11-page guide and nine-minute video. You can get that at coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. And thanks again for listening. Hope you set some great habits this week. And I look forward to talking with you again next week. Take care, everybody.